Sarah McKenzie hails from Melbourne, Australia. She earned her bachelor's degree in jazz at Perth's West Australian Academy of Performing Arts. Two critically acclaimed discs in her portfolio, Don't Tempt Me and Close Your Eyes, 2012 Best Jazz Album Aria winner, put her on the radar of internationally renowned jazz stars taking in the Melbourne scene. She won a full ride at Berkeley College of Music in Boston after her successful appearance at the school's Umbria Jazz Festival. After graduating at Berkeley with a degree in jazz performance, she appeared at such iconic festivals as Monterey, Juan Lespin, Marciac and Perugia, Dizzy's and Minions in New York, and top clubs in London, Paris, Munich, Vienna, Boston, and Sydney. The Australian version of We Could Be Lovers won the Bell Award for Best Australian Vocal Album on the Impulse label, as it moved on toward world release. After the great success of Sarah's 2017 disc, Paris in the Rain, which garnered her opportunities to perform in Brazil, Korea, and the U.S., this pianist, singer, and composer returns with both the stunningly precious and luscious Secrets of My Heart album. She can sing, she can scat, she can play the piano, she composes, and now is sitting with me at our KUCI studios talking about her brand new release, Secrets of My Heart, on the Normandy Lane music label. Welcome, Sarah McKenzie, and congratulations on your latest achievements. Thank you very much. Well, let's start as we always need to at the beginning. What kind of music did your parents, your school buddies, queue up in your formative years? <laughs> um, well, actually, all of my friends were listening to the Spice Girls and the Backstreet Boys when I was at school. And uh, I liked the music that was on the radio because I liked the tunes. But to be honest, when I discovered Oscar Peterson and Ray Brown and all the jazz masters, that was the moment that ignited my musical passion. And you discovered them or did like, was a parent introducing the sound or sorry, you just... You just happened to find it on the radio or somewhere. Well, I was having classical piano lessons, actually, okay. from, from a young child. Um, but then, actually, I really couldn't stand the, the scales and the studies. So I promptly told my father, that's it. I don't want to play any more music or piano. And he actually found me a rock and roll and blues piano teacher from the age of nine. And that was great because he came to my door with his big long hair and chunky rings and he was such a dynamic person and he got on and he played blues and boogie woogie on the piano and he was the guy that inspired me to play music and also that turned me on to jazz so really it's down to him I would say. And so your voice, when did your singing begin? I always sang and wrote songs you know for some reason I had a whole whole range of songs um, but I never really had formal singing lessons until I went to the Berklee College of Music. Oh, was that right? Wow. Yes. I, I was always very much into the jazz piano trios. I loved, you know, Gene Harris and mm. Monty Alexander, Benny Green, Oscar Peterson. Uh, but I love to sing because it's just another way of really getting the music out, isn't it? So it's almost like playing piano wasn't enough. I needed more, you know. But you're, and you're so ambidextrous with 
the, I, mean, I know they're recording, they're, they're, they're produced in a studio, but in, in a live performance, we'd be able to see how nimbly that you're able to pair those amazing keyboard compositions of yours and performances with your stunning, stunning voice. Oh, it's, thank it's, you very it's, much. It's a lot of talent to be keeping track of, it, oh. to, to present in one. But maybe just do your fingers talk to your throat? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but I definitely need, it takes some time to negotiate the two. You know, I've studied great masters like Shirley Horn and, and oh, I, really? So she really knows how to. I noticed that when I transcribed her comping, she knows where she's placing those chords. You know, there's, and you have to, I think, as a pianist singer, because otherwise it just becomes a little bit uncoordinated. You know, if you want to play in time, you've got to really focus on playing in time. Oh, this takes me back. I had an opportunity to, to see her perform at Did Monterey. You? Oh, my goodness. In, I can say exactly what year, 93. That's And, and I, I do play her pieces, sometimes impairing my some of my public affairs. So, well, wonderful. So, your love of writing lyrics, how did that start? Well, I think it started by listening to all the great jazz songs. You know, I really fell in love with all of the tunes um, you know, particularly from Duke Ellington and, and from Jobim, you know, all these great songs, you know. It's part of the reason I love jazz. You know, I love the feel and the style and the improvisation. But really, I also love the songs. You know, A Night in Tunisia from Dizzy mm. Gillespie. What an incredible composition. There was a moment where I was like, well, maybe I could write some songs, you know, as well. And of course, from that point, you start getting interested in the lyrics of the songs. So I started listening to Cole Porter, to yes. Irving Berlin, and trying to work out exactly how they were writing, like what style they were writing in. And they use the rhyme a lot, but I find that their lyrics are just never cliche, never boring, always interesting, always telling a story. So I try very hard to do the same in my own writing. Wonderful. Well, as your career was ascending, you had to make some difficult choices about music and your family, and it comes through in Paris in the Rain. You and the music, the anthem of the album, with a little bit of the blues in there, it speaks to your bridging these life choices, does it? Yes, definitely, I think. Um, you know, it's definitely tough to... I'm Australian, so that's, you know, Australia's a long way away from, from the a rest lot of, of things. the world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not like... You know, my family lives in France and I live in London. You know, it's a it's a good 26-hour flight away. Um, so I, I definitely struggle with that because I'm a family-orientated person. But the, the other problem is, is that music is my passion and particularly, you know, the great American songbook, jazz. This is what I love and it, that music is all over here. So, yeah, so this album really, it, it's probably my most personal album yet because I... Uh, I really wanted to write an album that maybe expressed some of those issues. Well, as you said, traveling is something that you really had to adjust to. So then you come home and all that activity, as you say, it stops. It's, it's sort of the world of extremes, and you're talking about that, the distance. Well, for those of you who've just joined us, I'm Claudia Shamba here sitting with Sarah McKenzie, Australian-born, Paris-based jazz pianist and singer, and we're talking about her brand new release, Secrets of My Heart, on the Normandy Lane music label. So the title track, you pivot from my secrets to your secrets, and I'm trying to just check out with other recordings that they don't make that change. Is that something that you produced yourself, um, Secrets of My Heart? The, the song? Yes. 
yes, I mean, well, we had a producer for the album. Right, right. Um, I, we'll I, talk I, about that person too. <laughs> I definitely, look, I, I have very strong ideas about all of the songs for the album. So I, I definitely know what I want to hear in all of the songs. So the pronoun changed instead of it's the secrets of my heart and then you in the the latter third of the song oh okay it's your secrets of your heart yes yes so you're pulling and we're we're in on this um no I think that you know all great music it should be you need to write from your heart number one you know you need to write honestly about your experiences but number two you never want to make it so personal. I think you, you want to keep it open enough that people can imagine it for them as well. So I think definitely changing it just in that last quarter just means that, you know, okay, and you, what, you. what's what's the secret of your heart? You know, definitely. It worked beautifully. Well, let's have you tell us about your current band members and how they settle into this ensemble. We'll start with, with Brazilian percussionist Rogério Bocato. That's it, yes. Very fantastic. Oh, he was wonderful. He came into the studio and ah. uh, we were absolutely blown away by his incredible uh, Brazilian rhythms. He's played with the Antonio Carlos Jobim band, uh, but he's a New Yorker now. Incredible musician. We were very lucky to have him. And the French bassist, Pierre Boussaguet. Yes, Pierre Boussaguet is a dear friend of mine. We've been oh. playing together for four years now, I think. Uh, he's the He was the bassist for Michel Legrand for over a decade, um, and he also was a disciple of Ray Brown's, played with Dinah Kral on her Look of Love tour. Incredible musician and has become, I think family is, is the word, you know. So I guess in the big jazz family internationally, you all have to sort of like, if you, if you like how Pierre sounds, there could be a lot of other artists who like his sound too, and you had to rise above the the jazz talent for him to sign on to be working with you yes absolutely I mean you know I think we wanted to put together a really great project really yes. quali- high quality project so we wanted to have the best players you know we, we tried to tell the other musicians too that you know this is the level that we want uh, would you be interested in this kind of a project and it's been fantastic that several great musicians have you know signed on and it's wonderful really. how about and tenor saxophonist Troy Roberts well Troy is an, an Australian originally uh, but he lives in New York now and he is just the most incredible uh, saxophonist honestly he can play anything and his solo in Till the End of Time just blows mm. me away so much uh, he has all the warmth of you know the great masters and something of himself too I've known him for a long time I knew him in Australia as well so I'm, I was honoured that he would play on this album and the guitarist, Dan Wilson? He was a fantastic discovery. Um, he was a recommendation, actually, from John Clayton. Um, and he's a young guy living in Akron, but he plays regularly with Christian McBride. Wow. He was a real discovery. We loved him because he both has an incredible sense of the blues. Mm-hmm. But then he brought out the acoustic guitar and could play authentic bossa, bossa nova. nova. Yeah. We couldn't believe that. That's not common at all. It's very, very unusual that, that uh, someone can do both authentically. Yeah. Oh, we were wow. blown away by his talent, I think. This is serving up that buffet for listeners to get their <laughs> CD, their recording. Then there's drummer Donald Edwards. Yes, a uh, New York City veteran, plays with the Mingus Orchestra, um, incredible African-American drummer. Great privilege to play with Donald. And vibraphonist 
Warren Wolf? Yes, I've worked with Warren several times before. He's an absolute prodigy on the vibraphone, a wonderful musician. And the cellist there is Jody Redhag. Redhag Ferber. Ferber, yes. Yes, so she, I really wanted to have uh, on some of my compositions the feeling that you had of uh, a string orchestra, you know. They do this a lot in the Brazilian music, So, but with a cello oh. you can kind of get the oh. same effect. So I wanted to see if we could find a cellist for the album, and Jody is a beautiful musician. And the cameo with Danilo Caimi on yes. flute. Yes, uh, well, he is one of the original members from Antonio Carlos Rubim's band. Okay. He lives in Brazil. And I met him uh, not so long ago when I was in Brazil. I had the great opportunity to go to Brazil. And uh, I opened the Blue Note there in Rio and played with some of these great members from the Antonio Carlos Rubim band, you know. And so the other tracks, the other voices in the backup, those are you on a different track? They are me. Okay. Let's make sure. (laughs) It was an idea that we had. I I just said to the producer, Chong Lim, you know what? I want to take us to Brazil, you know, like Sergio Mendes does. You know, he's got the three or four girls in the Mm -hmm. background, you know, singing cool VVs. I want to get that feeling into my song. I said, what do you think of this? You know, he's like, I love it. You know, so we laid it down and we thought... We thought it was a cool idea. Well, you mentioned all then Chong Lim, your producer, and you worked with him for quite a while. He's from Malaysia and is lots. He's a director for a lot of different schools, I guess, in Australia at this time. So, talk about your career with Chong Lim. Yeah, Chong is like my kindred musical soul. I think uh, every time we get together, it's fantastic. We can talk a lot about music. I respect him so much. He's he lives in Australia now. He does a lot of arranging, uh, producing. He's written music for the Sydney Olympics. Uh, he writes big band charts and he does everything. He's, a, he's a, an all-rounder. He definitely, I think, gets the best vocal out of me, which is why for this album I really wanted to work with him again. I just trust him musically, uh, you know, sonically, everything. And that's so important when you make a record because I think it's a very... It's a very personal experience, very stressful in some ways. You want to make sure that, you know, you're going to get a great album. So we had to have the best, and I, I thought the best was Chong Lim. So as I was listening to your album, I think you're putting a lot of trust in the the sensibilities you're presenting there. A lot of trust that we're going to follow you right along is in this sort of intimate setting that you've created there. Is that something you were consciously uh, sort of putting out your trust there or you're you're singing you're singing to the band members um, I'm singing for the song I think would okay. be the, the best way of putting it I'm trying to create songs and I really hear the song I don't hear my individual part you know um, so I, I, I need things to particularly like you know for a song like Till the End of Time yes. I wanted to take us to Brazil you know to like those Sergio Mendes takes you know so I thought how can we get there you know so we've got the cello sort of giving that mood we've got fantastic you know tenor saxophone solo just like how Stan Getz would play in those mm. Jobim recordings we've got the choir you know we've got the right rhythm you know and now I hear the song you know I hear the song I think that's how I think really in general I'm not really listening to me I'm listening to the the everyone so I'd like to bring up 
that uh, in the cl- the classics, I, I've got to. We also have to say a little bit about what it was like doing your Gershwin medley. Oh yes, it's, I've never heard anything <laughs> so seamless as there's uh, four four tunes in four, there. Four tunes, yes. Well, you know, it's interesting actually. I did a performance. Uh, at You and the Night and the Music in the Olympia in Paris. Mm. And uh, while I was there, I ran into a great, great young pianist, Thomas Enko, he's a French pianist. And I was, you know, we were talking and uh, I I asked him, what are you doing? He said, oh, I've got my classical concertos coming up and that's wonderful. I said, what are you playing? He said, I'm playing some Mozart and some Schubert and I'm also playing Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. And I said, oh! Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. I dream of playing this piece, you know. And he's like, "Oh, you should, you should do it. You could do it." And I said, "No, it would take me six years to learn that concerto." And he said, "No, it wouldn't. I bet you it would take three months." You know. I said, "No, not at all." Anyway, he got me thinking um, because I'd always wanted to play that piece, and because I'm such a big George Gershwin fan. Anyway. Um, of course, there's probably no point in recording the whole Gershwin concerto. So I thought a way of making it more meaningful would be to turn it into a medley, like the great medleys of Duke Ellington and Oscar Peterson's got some incredible medleys as well. So yes, I have uh, tried in my own way to join the Rhapsody in Blue to Summertime, to The Man I Love, mm. and to I Got Rhythm in, in a way that's exciting and meaningful for me. Seamless. I meant that when I said that, for sure. Well, quoting you, ultimately this album is about me embracing the unknown and going with love. Yeah. Well, your tour, you've recently just finished uh, appearing at the Copley Auditorium in San Diego. And then before your Berlin television, you're going to be where? Uh, We're going to be, we're also going to be in Shanghai. Oh, my goodness. And in Japan, uh, in Canada, and we're also playing in San Francisco, June, June okay. 23rd. So a lot yep. of places bef- between now and back to the Berlin gig there. Yep. Wow. Well, is it premature? I mean, this is a new release, but just like when we ask authors, we have to ask artists. So what's next? What's next? Well, I did a fantastic uh project with John Clayton and Jeff Hamilton, Gilbert mm-hmm. Castellanos, uh, and I definitely need to get that album out next. So, where And where are you going to be producing that? Well, we've actually already recorded it. Um, oh. So it was recorded at Capitol Studios in LA. Right here? Oh. Yeah. Okay. When was that? Uh, not too long ago, September last year. Oh, okay. Wow. That, those were interesting times, by the way. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, Sarah McKenzie, you trust in your listeners to follow your worthy reflection along with your grounded joy in Secrets of My Heart. Thank you for this marvel of an album and for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. My guest was Sarah McKenzie, Australia-born, Paris-based jazz pianist and singer, and we're talking about her new release, Secrets of My Heart on the Normandy Lane music label.